Welcome to On Texas Football Saturday Conversation Time with none other than Paul Wadlington. Uh, nothing like kicking your your uh, Saturday off with a little football convo. Paul, uh, I wanted to talk to you today. We we take a topic each and every week and kind of dissect it and talk a little bit about it. Today, I want to talk about Steve Sarkeesian and what he said on Friday and talk about how he felt like his practices so far this year have been more physical than they were than they were a year ago, and he told us why. And, and my big question to you is: Is that a good sign or a bad sign? He's saying he's he's having more periods of practice that are contact. Um, that may say, well, that's you're going to have to worry about injury more, but that's not always the case. Let's let's just get into that conversation. Welcome in Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas. Absolutely. Glad to be here. I always look forward to these Saturday chats. Yeah, I heard, uh, thankfully, Bobby sent me that clip of Sark talking about it. I think it's unequivocally good news. Uh, and what he cited, and I think what you mentioned to me, was that he cited talent, increased talent. And he meant it across the board, not just the starters. And that was the reason he felt more comfortable having good against good and more physicality in practice. Now, I understand the natural concern that a lot of fans are having right now, particularly this time of the year, because we're building up the hype. And then you're going to have this period where we start to think of like, well, how could it not go well, right? And of course, that's injury. It's a part of the game. And secondly, if you don't have contact and you coat your team in bubble wrap for fear of injury, you are going to have a rude awakening in September, particularly in one place in particular, Bobby, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. The only way to get ready for contact in football is contact. And I think the coaches are going to be judicious with it, but I think they also understand that there is a price and a cost to more contact, and you've got to weigh that injury risk with creating a physical, tough football team. Uh, speaking with Paul Wadlington of Inside Texas. Paul, the other piece that was interesting to me, he said they're actually having more live periods. And I used to take practice of, of uh, Texas football uh, back in the day for the team, back when I was in school, right? And what that means simply is one month, they go by, they break down the practice by five minute periods and they're adding full five minute periods of, of live, live hitting. And I'm going to tell you that that is a big amount of change for a football staff. And to do that, it, it can take a toll on the body. But more importantly, I think that the interesting part of it is they feel like they have the depth of talent, to your point. Two years ago, he didn't have 10 offensive linemen to make – 10 scholarship offensive linemen to be able to participate and create two teams for a spring game. So we're talking about a development of a team that is now leaning into, you know, what they can do more of it. Alabama, for example, you use them as the team that Texas is worried about going in and seeing – they, are, they use more live periods I know of than anybody in college football. Nick Saban has done that and has gone on the coaching circuit a little bit and talked about that and the necessity of it in his mind to create that game speed. Uh, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, you know, my question, too, is it, it links into this recruiting piece, and that's the other thing I want to talk to you about uh, a little bit here is Colin Simmons. Clearly a major recruiting victory for Steve Sarkeesian. Not his first. I mean, Arch, Arch Manning just last year, Kelvin Banks two years ago. There have been a number of them, right? 
Is he, how good of a recruiter is he in your opinion, given what you've seen thus far? You and I are guys that have 25 plus years following this team. What are your thoughts on him as a recruiter right now? Top notch. I, I think he has an ability to relate. I think he's got a sincerity about him. Look, I, I'll, I'll put my cards on the table. I like Steve Sarkeesian. I, I want him to be successful, not only because he's leading the University of Texas, but because I think he's a good dude. Uh, and beyond just being a good dude, he's a guy I'd like to hang out with. He seems like a fun guy. Uh, and I think he treats people well. I think he uh, comes across very well, that it's bigger than just football. I think he's sincere about that. And I think if you read some of the comments from the recruits and their families, Sark doesn't talk to them that much about football. He'll talk to them about football when it's time to talk football. Here's where we see you. Here's some film clips. Here's how we'd be using you. But then when that's off, it's like, how's school? What's going on in your life? How's your family? Uh, I think recruits appreciate that sort of sincerity. And I think Sark conveys it. And I think it's real. I think people can see a fake from a mile away. And I think Sark's an authentic person. So in that respect, I think he's a, an elite recruiter. I also think he has a doggedness to him. He doesn't take any of this personally, Bobby. And, and many of us and many people on the boards and on YouTube could, could take a lesson from Sark. If someone says no, that's just an opportunity to get a yes down the road. Uh, I, I just don't think that he is going to get off the trail of a recruit that he really values, irrespective of whether that recruit is not communi communicating or has a commitment or silented somewhere, all that stuff. I just think they go after their guys and they're dogged in their pursuit. And I don't think they take any, any of this personal. And uh, I think that's why he might be comfortable having a narrower scope of prospects than some of us might feel comfortable with, because he's going to approach it with a certain doggedness. It's not a shotgun spray. It's, it's a sniper rifle. Yeah, that's a very interesting. Speaking with Paul Wallington of Inside Texas. Uh, Paul, uh, before I get to my next question, I've got this right next to me. Thinking Texas football. Uh, Paul, give yourself a, 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 uh, give yourself a, a read here on why people should order this 177-page magazine of nothing but Texas football for your preseason reading. Well, my, my uh, shameless self-promotion will continue probably for another three weeks until it's football season, Bobby. <laughs> Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, so this is the 11th annual 2023 Longhorn Football Prospectus, Thinking Texas Football. It is the most comprehensive preview of the Texas Longhorns and all of our opponents that you will read. Uh, I have a lot of respect for some of the national publications out there, Phil Steele in particular. With all due respect to Phil, I, I know more about Texas. I know more about their opponents because of the amount of time I've spent on it. And you're going to learn, more importantly, a lot more about them. Uh, if you want to be the smartest guy or gal in the room, buy it. If you don't, that's cool. <laughs> buy it anyway. There's some great pictures in there. And Eric Nalin wrote an awesome recruiting feature. Uh, Eric, I can't thank enough for always being generous and doing that. So it's, it's great. Go to Amazon. You can buy it on Apple or you can buy it at Smashwords. That's an independent publisher. And basically, you can read a Smashwords book on any platform. So you can read it on your Kindle. You can read it on your iPad. Bobby, thanks for the, the opportunity to promo. Yeah, absolutely. So next piece I wanted to talk about uh, Saturday morning. Uh, I think that the team gets on the practice field about 30 minutes from when uh, this is going to go live, uh, we hope, uh, on, on uh, Saturday morning. The question I have for you, uh, the parents are going to be there uh, of the players. They're going to have a barbecue afterwards for the parents and players. But this is scrimmage one. 
of the 2023 season. Sark in his, his press conference yesterday on Friday said that he was looking for to just get people reps in scrimmage one and get them up to speed. You think that's really all he's looking for? Or do you think maybe he wants to see where some guys are starting to separate? Or my piece on it is I think he wants to see if he really has some guys that he thinks he's got. In other words, he wants Quinn Ewers to be effective. He doesn't need game-ready Quinn Ewers right now, but is Quinn quicker? Is he is he what he thinks he's been seeing? It's that first round of, let's see about 10, 15 guys that I think I can really count on, and then let's start going down and figuring out the depth chart, really. You, you agree I, with that? I, 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 we're reading it the same, Bobby. I think he needs to get Quinn Ewers in a two-minute drill. Uh, yeah. You know, I think – also, I think he wants to see errors at play speed. So it's one thing to say, hey, I've got it in the film room. It's another thing to pass the quiz your position coach hands out. It's another thing to do it in practice. It's another thing to do it. Look, there's practice, there's scrimmage, and there's a game. Uh, if, if you've ever boxed before, there's a big difference between hitting the bag and sparring. Practice is sparring. Sparring is not the game. It's not a fight. But it's, it's much closer than hitting a bag. I've never had a bag hit me back, Bobby, ever. Uh, it, you know, I've had all sorts of plans that I can unveil on a bag. And then a human being has different ideas about what they're going to accept. And uh, I think a scrimmage works that way. So I think he wants to see mental errors under, under game conditions or under game speed. And then also, to your point, he's looking to see who's a guy. I mean, they think they know who's a guy. Let's see who's a guy. And... There's some guys that don't always practice greater consistently and they'll flash in, in a more ramped up situation. That's not as common. Uh, we all like to imagine we're a game guy, like, well, when it's on, I'll be ready. No, you won't. You'll fall to the level of your practice, right? But some guys, there's the James Browns of the world, Bobby. They do exist. You know, he's humming the ball into the Gatorade cooler in practice. And then in, in the game, he gets in and you're like, who is this guy? So I think Sark's looking for that. And then also, there's really going to be two big scrimmages, correct? We're going to have this one and then another one in two weeks. No, that another one, one next – a week from now. Sorry, another one next week. That scrimmage will cement what he is perceiving in this scrimmage. That's my opinion. Uh, hey, did you catch when he was talking about the physicality and depth? He said, hey, right now we're in a situation where we've got some threes – athletically who are superior to our ones however they don't have the knowledge base and the experience that caught my ear in a big way bobby because i don't think steve sarkeesian was going to say that in 2021 or even last year Derek williams that's I mean, my goodness father. gracious i mean sure. I, I, mitchell. what's that sadir mitchell on one snap one play i think that guy can wreak mayhem it's play number four in a row that you got some problems Right, exactly. That those are all good points. Uh, Paul, speaking with Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. Uh, Paul, you you mentioned in this scrimmage. Let's go give people some data on it. Fifty to sixty live plays, according to Sark. Uh, then also he's going to work on situational. So you mentioned the two minute drill with Quinn Ewers, perfect example. Red zone, perfect example for both sides of the ball. Uh, this is going to be a good stuff. Uh, we hope to have more on that later this afternoon uh, from. Uh, for not only on Inside Texas, on our message boards and in our uh, content article, but probably something here on YouTube as well. Uh, Paul, uh, you and I also talked about a last topic here for us. 
is Iowa State. You and I have talked about that being a possible trap game uh, for Texas this season. And the reason why is pretty simple. Texas has not played real well at uh, Jack Trice Stadium the last several times they've been up there and have lost. Last two years ago, uh, it was a defeat that caused Bo Davis to go on his famous tirade now. Uh, so uh, what is the latest? I, I know you've, you're uh, up to date on everything going on up there in this gambling brouhaha. Give folks a, a sense of that and your take on all of it. Yeah, there's, there's different levels of traps, Bobby. There's a tiger pit where you spend hours putting spikes on the bottom and you put leaves and sticks and you disguise it and you put a $100 bill in the middle and you wait for some poor soul to come along and pick it up. And then there's a shoebox propped up by a stick with a string attached to it. And you're hoping that's going to fool somebody. Unfortunately, Iowa State's gone from the tiger pit to the shoebox. They've had four more starters who have been implicated in the gambling scandal. That's going to get, you know, it's going to take, it's going to get rid of Hunter Deckers, their starting quarterback. And they are Jake Remsburg, starting right tackle. Uh, Iowa State does not have a great deal of depth at tackle. Their, their starters were solid. No more. Uh, he's he's going to be gone. Uh, Jarrell Brock, who was going to be their starting running back. Uh, his injury last year, a lot of people thought was part of the reason they struggled a little bit to run. It was deeper than that. But Brock is a good player. The drop-off from Brock to Cartavius Norton is pretty substantial. Brock bet on Iowa State games. He may not play another game of college football, Bobby. Uh, Deshaun Hanica, the starting tight end, he's 6'6", 255. You know, Iowa State seems to mint these guys, these big tight ends. Uh, he was their leading tight end receiver last year. Uh, he was implicated. And then finally, nose tackle Isaiah Lee. He's their starting nose tackle. Uh, he bet on Iowa State games against Iowa. In fact, he bet against he bet against Iowa State. As Bobby leaves the studio, he's he's going to go lay some bets on DraftKings. Uh, uh, Isaiah Lee bet against Iowa State in the Texas game that they won thirty to seven. So. Pretty interesting there. I, I wonder how he's going to explain that to his teammates. He's he's going to be gone, and, and again, probably may not be ever able to play college football again. Uh, his backup is Dominique Orange, who was a four-star recruit. He's a project. He's about 6'4", 350 at nose tackle. Uh, he's not a guy who can play every snap. And Iowa State doesn't have a lot of size inside, so the loss of Isaiah Lee is going to be significant. Bobby, I lost you a little bit there. I think you went to call your bookie. And make an Iowa no. State. <laughs> I heard you. Uh, my my computer ran out of battery. I did not plug it up overnight, so uh, I had to switch from one uh, outlet to to another and get it plugged in. I apologize for that. I was able, believe it or not, to keep hearing you as you went through that. You know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. How pervasive do you think this is at Iowa State? It sounds like it's it sounds like it's maybe more pervasive than than even we first thought. I mean, it, it's not just one or two players. It, there's four or five. There's probably a dozen to two dozen. I mean, that's well, the way those things work. When you when you have these two star cultures, Bobby. <laughs> You never know what the players are going to get up to. Uh, of course, I'm referring to the Iowa State and coaching staff comments about Texas. They have a five-star culture, and Texas has five-star players. Uh, I wish Texas had nothing but five-star players. But, uh, yeah, I think, look, bottom line, they're going to be down at least five starters uh, for most of the year, if not all the year. I think a couple of these guys might get six-game suspensions, depending on the degree of their infraction. Anyone who bet on Iowa State, anyone who bet on college football, anyone who bet against Iowa State, I don't think they will ever ever play college football again. I, th I think they're done because that's fundamentally about the integrity of the game. And I, I understand people will say, well, why do you care if a kid uh, bets on college basketball, right? It's not even a sport, right? Well, the reason is because if they get underwater with their habit, that makes them vulnerable to unsavory characters and bookies and people like that. And that is how most of the betting scandals in pro sports or college sports history have began. It's guys who get into trouble with drugs or betting. And then a guy approaches them and says, I got a way to solve your problem. You're going to start doing point shaving for me. You're going to throw this game. Once you impact the integrity of the game, college football, it can't become pro wrestling. It's done. So you have to drop the hammer on this kind of stuff. So as your question about pervasiveness, I think it's very pervasive. And I think there's a lot of college coaches having some uncomfortable moments right now if they're in a legalized gambling state, wondering the depth of their players' involvement in this kind of activity. Yeah, uh, crazy stuff. Hey, Paul, each and every episode of the Saturday Conversation is brought to you by Gabe Winslow. Give Gabe a, uh, a shout-out if you don't mind. Don't bet on your mortgage, Bobby. <laughs> You want sure things, baby. You don't get to live in Bobby's house or, or my more modest house. If, you, if you're making bets with your finances, you need to do the sure thing. You need to get it done, and you need to call Gabe Winslow. You can reach him at 832-557-1095. Uh, Gabe is really good at what he does. Over 20 years in the industry in all aspects, including mortgages. He's also been on the title side. He's also got a law degree. He understands this at a, lead, at a level and a degree that puts other mortgage guys to shame. Give him a call. You'll find out very quickly why that's the case. All right, uh, Paul, thank you for that. Uh, any last thoughts on your end? Any questions you have for me uh, on Colin Simmons? Anything else? I, I do have a question for you. Uh, look, I, I tuned in to the, uh, the event, the circus, the <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it was really interesting. I, I thought that there was beyond the fact that there's obviously there's NIL and there's all these other balanced things, you know, things to balance out. I sense some genuine enthusiasm and delight from his family, particularly his mom. Uh, what was your vibe there sort of 
absorbing that and watching it through Jerry and, and all that? I, you know, I was really, I was really, we don't often do things like that unless we know where a player is going. Yeah. I mean, not, not too often. I mean, sometimes we do. We're forced to. We were forced to with Colin Simmons. Um, and so from my vantage point, um, it was a little bit of a risk because you're sitting here saying, oh, I, am I getting Texas fans' hopes up unnecessarily, right? Um, but, you know, it, it was it was enough of a risk that this is the state's top player. Some guys, you just do it. And uh, if, if he wouldn't have chosen Texas, it would have been a downer. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but my take on it was, you know, he came on the show the second time after he had announced and all this other stuff. And he was just, he was ready to go, man. He was mm -hmm. hyped up about his decision. Uh, Jerry talked to his mom and, and, and stuff like that. They just seem like they're ready to get this behind them and move forward in life. You know, it, he's, he's made his decision. And for me, that, that speaks more than just about anything else, because uh, look, it's a hard decision about where you want to go to school. It just is, especially when you're Colin Simmons, you know? So, and what I mean by that is he could have chosen anywhere, right? Literally anywhere. And so I felt like it was just a, a positive thing. I, I'm trying to think back of a defensive player. The most, the biggest defensive name recruit Texas has landed prior to him was probably Malik Jefferson. And then Corey Redding before that. That was a and that's where I, So that's what I was going to go to. This one reminded me more of Corey Redding. And the reason I think that is because I think Steve Sarkeesian already has the offensive players, right? Mack had done a good job keeping Ricky, got, got Chris Sims, had, you know, had some other guys getting going on the offensive end. Corey, Charlie Strong didn't have that. He, you didn't, you never got the sense that Charlie got them all or got every, every position ready. This is maybe the last piece. I mean, Corey Redding was the state's top player, unquestioned. Malik Jefferson wasn't necessarily the unquestioned state's top player, right? So from that vantage point, I, I kind of lean back more on that. And that's happened, what, 20, uh, 20 something years ago now. Uh, so it's, it's been a while, but. Uh, a big win for Texas in the recruiting ranks and for Steve Sarkeesian and the team in general. Can I ask you one more about Colin? Yeah. And, and I think this is more of a, an, I wish Jerry was here and Justin were here as well, because it's sort of an aggregate probably question, but look, you watch the tape. It's just like, this ain't hard, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not just, look, if it's just a superior athlete running around high school offensive lineman, that's, that doesn't excite me. I've seen that before. It's the multitude of ways that he attacks some players who are going to play college football, right? These are not scrubs. Duncanville doesn't play, uh, a, you know, 2A football, right? I'm curious. I, I guess the physical part checks out to me and, and the skill part and on the effort and all the things that you like. Do you think he's a, a, a maximizer? Do you think he's a guy that's going to come on a mission to the University of Texas or do you think he might be a guy that could get a little distracted by the the wreaths and the, the victory laurels? The glitz and glamour? Yep. Um, I don't know is yeah. the answer to that. I, I don't know him well enough uh, to, to be able to answer that. And you really can't sometimes even answer that until they get there. I will say this. Um, 
you mentioned him going up against good competition. Highly productive players tend to be maximizers. Mm. 33 and a half tackles for loss is a highly productive player. 22 tackles, uh, 22 sacks, highly productive player. Furthermore, the, the other piece of it is you mentioned it not just being against guys, his sacks. Two of those in his highlight film right off the bat are against a guy that signed with TCU that's a year older than him. So let's let's be clear. I mean, you're right. He's not just doing it against guys. Um, Duncanville has had some guys turn out too. And I think that Reggie Samples, the head coach there, um, he's not a college coach. So I'm not trying to say that that he's solely just getting them ready for college. But it's kind of a no-nonsense program. Because guess what? If Colin Simmons is as good as he was, if he weren't doing the things Reggie Samples wanted, he'd send him home. Uh, because he does have enough talent to go out and potentially win a state championship without him. Hmm. And so I think that Reggie Samples historically has done a good job in that way. Um, and so creating realistic expectations and realistic work ethic. And right, right, Coach Samples isn't perfect, but in every not every player from Duncanville is going to be that way. But that's that's my genuine take on it. I, I feel like it's a strong program, and, and it'll be up to Colin whether he uh, comes with his head, you know, ready to go. Uh, I would say to you that I know Justin and Jerry would probably think they, that he is Jerry. I, in particular, I've had this conversation with, and he thinks he's got the right stuff up there. He also thinks he's got a strong family background. That's part of it for him, I think. Uh, and particularly his brother, uh, younger brother, uh, and his mom. The younger brother is keeps him grounded a little bit, as does mom. So uh, we'll see. Uh, that's a great question because ultimately you can have as many five stars as you want. They don't go to work. They don't go to practice. They're just five stars that that don't end up being five stars. And 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 I think part of that is the culture that Steve Sarkeesian's uh, breathing life into right now too. You know, he's bringing some guys in that want to work. Well, to, to tie it all back together at the beginning of our conversation, uh, that physicality, those extra periods, that extra hitting the competition, it'll reveal who wants to come to work pretty quickly. Yeah, I, I agree. And I go back to when I, when I heard that I literally thought back to Jimmy Johnson at Miami. Because that was the first person, like I was just getting into this business, really. Uh, when my when Jimmy Johnson was, I think he was ending his years at Miami. Uh, the uh, Dennis Erickson had taken over, so I, I can't remember what it was, but I heard Jimmy Johnson at a coaching conference. I think he was already gone by that time uh, from Miami, but I remember him saying the practices at Miami we had were the most vicious I've ever been a part of, because. Mm -hmm the ones versus twos, they were also talented and they wanted it more. I had to do more live periods. I had to do more live practice. Uh, otherwise, they, I mean, it was just like they were thirsty for it, right? So it'll be interesting uh, to see how all that goes. Uh, all right, Paul, I appreciate you, dude. Another good Saturday chat. I hope everybody here enjoyed it. Apologize for the technical difficulties I had during the middle of it, but I'm glad we were able to finish it off here. Uh, for Paul Wadlington, I'm Bobby Burton. That's been this week's Saturday Conversation on Texas Football.